I want to welcome you to Cypress Creek Church, especially if you are new. My name's Jose, and I have the honor of serving as a lead pastor, and we, Cypress Creek Church, are a group of imperfect people, and we're all on a journey to follow the only perfect Savior, Jesus Christ. So I hope wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you feel welcome in this place. This is a special Sunday because we will hear from one of our ministry partners from Uganda, Pastor Morris and Ida, in just a moment. However, I got to turn your attention to the CCC guide first because we have some announcements. Yes, we do. We have a family, I'm sorry, a parent meeting right after the gathering. So if you have a baby, infant, all the way through fifth grade, Pastor Scarlett, our kids pastor, will be meeting you in the den all the way to the back. She'll be talking about the vision and how to partner with uh, you as parents as you uh, disciple and grow your uh, wonderful Children, grow together. There we go. Uh, we also have this Connect card there. If you want to sign up for any of the newsletters, you can do that there. Uh, we're high tech, so go ahead and fill as little or as more as most information as you want. We have a prayer card there. If you have any prayer requests, those are prayed for confidentially every week. And we have baptisms that we will be celebrating again, October 16th and 20. Third, And so if the Lord is imprinting in you to be water baptized, then you can either come talk to me or a community group leader or pastor or on that connect card, you can put, uh, I'm interested in baptism. Okay, so we, uh, as a church, have a vision statement, and that is to build a community, and that's what we do here on Sunday mornings. We do that in community groups throughout the week and all the other things that we get to do as a church family when we do that, we do the next part of our vision, which is we change our cities, we change our communities. We are like Jesus to those outside. And, and so we see a city, a community changed. And then we are able to reach the country and the world. And we do that by going physically and also by empowering and partnering with over a dozen global ministry partners and another dozen local ministry partners that take the gospel all throughout the world today. We'll see what it looks like to be a part of the body of Christ uh, in, in the world. And so please help me welcome, give a Cypress Creek Church welcome to Pastor Morris, Pastor Ida, and Mike Thrasher up on the stage. Welcome. Welcome, Pastor Morris. Thank and Mike you. is a household name. Mike and Mary lead a community group. They also lead a ministry in Uganda called Luanda Children's Home. Ida will tell us a little bit about that. But Mike, can I ask you to pray for them, pray for our time as Ida shares what goes on in Uganda and Pastor Morris brings the word today. Sure. Bow with me in prayer, please. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity we get to come together to come together to, to worship your name, and Lord, to hear the word of God. Mm. And Lord, I thank you for uh, our partners, Morris and Ida Oginga, and Lord, for the work that they're doing in East Africa. Lord, I thank you for allowing me and my family to be a part of this ministry, and for Cypress Creek to be a part of this ministry. And Lord, I just pray that you will just speak through Morris and Ida this morning, that Lord, that our hearts will be open that our ears will be open, that we'll be able to understand uh, their accents, and that, Lord, that we'll be able to hear the Word of God in our hearts today. 
Now, Lord, just bless us and bless this time together. Ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Pastor Morris, Ida, welcome. The floor is yours. Hello. Good morning. In Uganda, we say God is good, and we say all the time. And all the time, God, God is, is good, good, and that is his nature. Uh, we bring greetings from Uganda. <clears throat> we are so happy to stand before you. Uh, we bring greetings from Kenya and Tanzania. We work in East Africa. We are plant, church planters. That's what we do. That's what God has called us to do. But that is not all. We take care of orphaned children, children without mothers and without fathers. That is what God has called us to do. I was telling the first service that there is this one singer by the name Jim Reeves. He sang a song saying that this world is not our home. We are just passing through. You know, when you are passing through somewhere, there are some things that you do. When we came to America, um, having a mama Brenda there and a papa Gary, they always take me shopping. I, you know, women, we like shopping. So every year I come here and I shop things. I always like shopping things that are on fashion. But one bad news is, every time I shop things, after some time, they're out of fashion. And then every time I come, I'm like, what is on fashion? So, but there's good news that what we do, what we shop in the kingdom of God does not go out of fashion. It does not go out of fashion. It remains on fashion. So as we are in this world, I want to encourage you and have a question for you. What are you shopping? That is not going to come out of fashion. That is not going to be taken away from you. That is going to last forever and ever. That's why God has called us to shop souls. What you do in the life of somebody is very, very important because a hundred years from now, it will not matter what kind of house you lived in, the car you drove, or your education, but what you do in the life of somebody is what is going to matter at the end of it all. That's why in Uganda, because we have so many children orphans roaming around us streets, eating in the garbage. Right now we have a population of five million orphaned children who are roaming around the streets, who have lost their parents. The need is really great. If you came there, you would see so many children sleeping on outside, sleeping on the streets, eating in the garbage, scavenging all over. And then we said, what should we do about this? because that is the tomorrow's Uganda. Those are the future presidents of Uganda. We had to do something about it. And we are so grateful to all of you who have been a part of Rwanda Children's Home. After seeing this need, we started up a Rwanda Children's Home. With Rwanda Children's Home, that is where we are taking care of 140 children. These kids are total orphans. They had no home, they had no future, they had no hope. So with that, we started up Alwada Children's Home and I would love to say thank you so much to Mike and Mama Mary Thrasher and to all of you who have been visiting us. 
coming to rescue these kids. Now they have a hope. We started very humbly with the 25 kids. Right now at Rwanda, we have 140 kids. The ones we started with, some of them have started graduating. They have now hope and a future. So we'd like to say thank you, thank you so much. We can't thank you enough for all the support that you have been giving. As we started up Rwanda Children's Home, we had those children outside the fence who could come and look through the fence also longing to get a chance like that one, who are still on the street, who are scavenging, eating in trash. All of us, we know what is in trash is not good. So these kids, you could find them around the street with small sticks looking for food in garbage. And then we're like, what should we do? I thank God so, so much for this church, Cypress Creek Church, that when you sent a team one time and they came to visit, at the end of it, they were able to see these kids who are struggling with life. And they asked me, what should we do? How can we help you? And I told them, if you can help me get some kids from the street, to giving them a hope, to giving them a future too, like any other child. And I thank God so much for Mama Becky, who is not here in her absentia. Thank you so much to the leadership of Cypress Creek Church. Thank you so much to all of you. I can see Taylor was among the people who came. And I'm glad to see where the Lord has reached you now. Congratulations. Please, thank you so much to Papa Gary, to everyone who has been part of this, that we chose some kids from the street. And we called it, I Choose You Ministry. With the I Choose You Ministry, what we are doing, we remove the kids from the street, we give them scholastic materials, we pay their tuition, we take them to school, we give them monthly food supply, we take them to the hospital when they are sick, we buy them food, and that's how they are also doing. We have also seen God work through I Choose You Ministry. And some of the I Choose You Ministry kids, they have also graduated, the first ones we had. And I would like to say thank you so much for being a part of this ministry of I Choose You. May God bless you. We are here again to say don't get tired of us. The work continues until Jesus Christ comes back. You are welcome to Uganda. Don't just send money only, but also come to Uganda and see how God can use you. We have tables outside there. That one table is for I Choose Your Ministry. One table is for Rwanda Children's Home. Please, if God is touching your heart to support this ministry, may God bless you as you come. We love you. Looking forward to see you in Uganda. God bless you. Yeah, God is good just as you have heard. How <laughs> the way God works, no one can, can understand. I want to greet you all in Jesus' name. I want to say I love you all. And I bring you greetings from East Africa. We work in three countries. Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. I am a church planter. Since we began with this church and other churches, we have planted 140 churches. That is God's work. 
the glory goes back to God, the creator of the universe, for what he has done. And so you have seen what God has done there. I choose you. It began from here. The mother who I choose you began from here. Luanda children's home from America here. Mike, thank you for being part of that. We were introduced here in this church with a, a man called Gary. Is Gary around here? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's there. He's there, there, there. You can stand a bit, Papa. <laughs> when you introduce us here, God called us here to Cypress Creek. And I want to say thank you, the pastor, the elders, the deacons, and the congregation of this church for being part of what we are doing in Uganda, Kenya, and Tanzania. We have a Bible college where we train our people. Somebody will ask, where are you getting all these pastors? We are following the Jesus motology. We preach, we fish, we teach, we send. Ah, that's how we do it. So we have, we have where we train these people. But I want to say thank you so much for being part of us. It has been quite a while we have not come to this home. I'm not, I'm, let me say, I'm not a stranger here. I've just come back home. You know, when you go far away and you take a long time and you come back home, you say, Mommy, Daddy, I've come back home. And then you are welcome back home. Thank you, Pastor, for welcoming us and all the leadership of this church. As I told you, we are church planters. As I stand here, I'm here to tell you something which is very, very important. I always tell people why should God save me and leave me in this world? The world of suffering, the world of pain. You know, all people are seated right now on the pews. You can't know what somebody's feeling. Other people, they are backache. Other people, stop. <sighs> people are sick. But the question comes, why should our creator call us and leave us in this world? Why? That's a big question. I discovered that question. Why Jesus called me and lived me, leave me in this world of suffering and pain? I have a responsibility. And this responsibility is for every believer, every young man, every young girl. That we must take this responsibility. Without that, God would save us and take us home, straight. It is useless to be here. But God has left us here. Why? There is a reason why he has left us here. What is your responsibility as a Christian? That's what I want to share with you today. If you have the Bible with you, 
Turn with me with the, in the book of Isaiah. I know you have Bibles. Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet. When you read about the history of this prophet, he speaks about redemption of mankind. How God came to redeem man, that man may turn back to him. All of us, we are staying, sitting here because somebody took his time, left everything he would have done, and came to die for you and me. I stand before you by the grace of God, not by my strength, not by my wisdom, not by my education, but by the grace of God who has saved me, I stand here to tell you that you have a responsibility and you have to take this responsibility and do it. When you read the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is a prophet. And being a prophet, the Bible is telling us we flash back and let us run back to the Old Testament and see what was going there. The Bible tells us that God chose prophets. He chose the prophet to take his word to his people because he wanted people to come back and turn back to him. He doesn't want people to live the way they want by them. You know, I tell you, my brothers, some people think they came from nowhere. Who told you came from nowhere? The Bible tells us he chose the prophet to go and tell his people to return back to him because he's the creator. That is in the Old Testament. Now when we go back to the New Testament, we see God, Jesus, the son of the living God, he calls the disciples. These disciples were fishermen. They had work to do. But he calls them and tells them, today you are going to change your profession. I don't know what profession you are. But the Bible says he called them and said, you have been fishermen. Today you will be fisher of men. That was the responsibility he called for them to do. My brothers and my sisters, I love you all in Jesus' name. But I want to say, do you know your responsibility? Do you know why God has called you? Have you taken that responsibility? Now we go back to this man called Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet, this is the word he says. When Hosea died, I saw the king. One died, you see the king? He said, when Hosea died, he saw the king. But you know, he wants you to know who is this king. Brother, do you know the king I'm talking about? Do you know the God whom we were talking about here? He said, when Hosea died, I saw the king. And he said, he saw the king seated on the throne. 
half lifted up. And the train of his robe fills the temple. That's the king he was seeing. Isaiah is seeing. But remember, Isaiah is called to be a prophet, but Isaiah has already not taken his responsibility. Why? There is hindrance. Who is the hindrance? Who is your hindrance? He said the hindrance was Hosea. Until Hosea died, I saw the king. Ah, I don't know. So the Bible says, I saw him seated on the throne, lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him sits the seraphims. The seraphim with six wings. The Bible tells us six wings, six. Two for flying. And two for covering their feet. And another two for covering their face. <clears throat> These seraphims are holy. <clears throat> but the Bible tells us these seraphims are holy, but they have never seen the face of the Lord. God is 100% holy. These seraphims are not even 100% holy. If you go back to the story, how do you know the seraphims are the angels? Well, who is Lucifer? He was an angel. Was he holy? No. So all this time they have been praising God and worshiping him and glorifying him. The Bible says they have never seen the face of the Lord. Isaiah is seeing. And as Isaiah continues seeing what is happening, he saw these seraphims calling each other and pressing the name of the Lord. And as they are pressing the name of the Lord, they are saying, Holy, Holy, Holy God Almighty. Three. Holy God the Father, Holy God the Son, and Holy God the Holy Spirit. Three. He has never said four. He said three. Holy. 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 It's God Almighty. And he said, His glory fill the universe. Brother, I want you to understand, his glory filled the universe. The glory of the Lord, all of us. <clears throat> There's no man, either he's a believer or an unbeliever, is living under the glory of the Lord. There's no one here living by himself. They all live under the glory of the Lord. Nothing do you do which God does not know. You wake up in the morning, you are driving a car to the town of Houston, you are because under the glory of the Lord you are existing, by the way. 
Sometimes we forget we, became, we came from God and one day we will return. From him to here and back. Where will you go? <laughs> There's nowhere you'll go. We began from him. We came to this beautiful world he planted for us. And again from this beautiful world he said, there is no other direction. So he's, he's saying this. Brother, I want you to know, whatever you do, when you are walking and talking and living, remember, you are under the glory of the Lord. His glory fills the universe. And the Bible says, as Isaiah was watching, the Bible says, as they continue praising God and calling a name, the name of the Lord, does the Bible say in two minutes? No. This is 24 hours. 24 hours. Worshiping God. Sometimes, Sometimes, when we say we pray, we pray for very little and we fall asleep. <laughs> but these angels, for 24 hours, they are praising the name of the Lord. They never stopped praising God, who He is and who He is forever. And the Bible says, as they were calling and praising the name of the Lord, the door of the temple shook. And when the door of the temple shook, Isaiah saw and looked at the temple and he saw the smoke. And when Isaiah saw the smoke, that's the time when Isaiah saw who he is. Who he is. Because he saw the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When we move near to the Lord, we see who we are. You can see how dirty you are. I said, I did not know who he is very well. And you hear what he says. He saw who he is. He needed cleansings from his sin. The Bible says he cried. He cried and said, God Almighty, I've seen the king. But I'm a man of unclean limbs. I'm a man of unclean limbs. I've seen the king. And this is what he said. I've seen the king. I'm a man who is undone. How many of you think you are so special? <laughs> and it is done. You don't need the king of kings anymore. I want to tell you today, you are not done. You need to move near to the king. So you may see that for sure, I have not done yet. Isaiah saw he was not done and he cried. And as he cried, 
One of the seraphim flew from the altar with a living call, a live call, and touched his limbs. But I want you to hear what Isaiah said here. I'm a man of unclean limbs, and I live among a people of unclean limbs. I am like them. Let me ask you a question. Do you speak the way you are, the people of your neighbor speak, those people who are non-believers? If they quarrel, you quarrel. When they shout, they shout. I want to use the word many people don't like. They beat their wife, you also beat. And then you say, I'm a believer. Ah, Isaiah. He said, I'm a man of unclean limbs, I'm like them. But I've seen the king of kings. Brethren, we need to see the king of kings and everything will change. Everything will change. And the seraphim told Isaiah, your sin has been atoned for and taken away. Brethren, we are seated here rejoicing because somebody left everything. You know, Jesus was God. And he left the glory and everything. And he overlooked everything. And he left heaven. <coughs> and he came on earth. Ah. It, it is painful, but it's a joy. And he became a child. And he entered the woman's stomach. For nine months, Jesus, the creator, was there. After nine months, he, he came out. I always ask myself, who am I that my Savior came and died for me? He took all my transgression upon himself. And he said, Maurice, all is done. I paid it all. When he was on the cross, he said, it's finished. I say, when I read that word finished, makes me very happy. Because somebody has paid. My brothers and my sister, the Bible say, I saw the prophet called by God. You are called by God. But have you taken the responsibility? Until, until Hosea died, Isaiah was not able to do it. So the Bible says, Isaiah said when Hosea died, when I saw the king. Now he goes to verse 8, listen what Isaiah is saying. After he has repented of his sin, The Bible says he had a voice asking, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? 
Put your name there and ask. He's asking you today. Whom shall I send? Then he say, who shall go? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is asking. Hey, what do we have? They're saying, who shall go for us? Let me tell you. Isaiah said, I'm here, sir. I'm ready to go. Why? Because Hosea died. Before Hosea died in our lives, these things which I'm talking about today will be meaningless to you. Until the world die in your life. Hosea can be anything you love so much than God. It can be money. You can be, it can even be children. Sometimes you know God gives, we say, God, Father, give us children. And after he has given us, now we love the children more than the giver. Yes. Now we love the children than the giver. Now when the giver say, go, we say, ah, <laughs> what about the children? Who gave you the children? The person who say go is the one who gave you the children. He knows I'm giving you, but still I'm sending you. I say, I'm here, send me. What to say is in your life? You can now look at your life. Which you say is there in your life? The Bible tells us Jesus called his disciples. For three and a half years, he walked with them and he talked with them. They saw the things he did. They saw Jesus feeding 4,000 people and they say, wow. They saw Jesus feeding 5,000 people. They said, this is the man. I walk with him. I have no problem of food. How we just eat and continue. They saw him raising Lazarus from the dead. They saw with their own eyes. They were there, the 12. They were there watching like this. Call Lazarus from the dead. They saw with their own eyes. Three and a half years they were with him. They saw all the things he did. But he kept telling them, I'm going to die. And the third day, I will resurrect from the dead. But I'm asking you to Google Lily, I will meet you there. Eh? The day when Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. Do you know where the disciples were? Where were they? They had gone to fish. Even though they were walking with Jesus, we say our fish, I was a fisherman. The spirit of fishing had never died in their lives. Immediately Jesus died, they say, we go back to fish. They went to fish, that's the truth. People like Thomas. Thomas had Hosea in his life. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, and he received the report from the woman and other disciples that Jesus resurrected. He said, no. 
I can't believe what you are saying. I saw with my own eyes. They really beat him. They punished him. I don't think he can come back to life. Those are yours. Unless I see the hand, I see the rib, and the leg which was, then I will accept. Can you imagine three and a half years? I don't know how long you have been in Cyprus, Rig. But most of the time, believers doubt this word. You know, I've been a pastor for 34 years. We, I tell you, believers keep doubting the word of God. And they put God in a smaller, smaller gasket as if he's a human being. And they put him in the closet. And they say, okay. Doubting the word of God. Thomas doubting the word of God. Until Jesus talk again to Thomas. He said, Thomas, what did I tell you? See my hands. See my leg. It's when Thomas believed. Brothers say I must die. We share must die in our life for us to see the king and take the responsibility. Before say I die in our lives, we will not take the things of God serious. We shall always be taken by the world. And the world will become things which we, we know very much about the world. My brother O'Shea must die. Which O'Shea is your life? You know yourself. When they talk about the things of God, and say, <clears throat> what about when they talk about the things of the world? Now you, now you can compare. When they talk about the things of the world, you are very happy, you are even jumping. <laughs> but when they talk about the things of God, <sighs> now you can see the two. You can, now, you can now see which one do you like most? When you are going to buy your vehicle, you tell everybody, hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Why don't you tell everybody about, we are going to preach, we are going to preach, we are going to preach, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we don't say that because the world has taken over. My brothers and my sisters, we say I'm to die in our life in order for us to take the responsibility. Let me tell you something. The only way place you can invest, where you can invest, when the things of this world is gone, and you will see, it's in the kingdom of God. When you send somebody, when people go to preach the gospel, and when you are there, you talk to a hundred people and they come to the Lord. Remember how much you paid and how much hour you wasted. And I tell you, you have not wasted those hours. 20 hours in the aeroplane, you fly to Uganda. You are in Uganda for 11 days going heart to heart. You are investing. You spend the money. You speak to 100 people. 
They come to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. One day when you go to heaven, you will meet a hundred people there. Did you, did you really invest a long-term investment? This is investment which will never expire. Why? Every time in heaven you'll be seeing John and James and Jane, the one you preach to. And what a joy that your money you are seeing. For million, for, uh, there is no uh, the beginning and the end. My brothers, I'm here to invite you. Now as people are saying, <laughs> what is he going to say? I'm here to invite you to come to a place where the door is open so that when you go home, people will welcome you in heaven. My brothers in Cyprus Creek, the Bible says begin in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and foremost, but if you have never talked to somebody about Christ and even you fear, let me tell you, there is a place the harvest is in plenty and is open. Come. I want again to repeat, come. But we say I must die. This is not our home. When I talk about another home, some people don't understand. Brothers, that's what it is. And to go to that home, you must pass through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Some people think they will go to heaven by fire, okay? Or some people think by, by prayer, okay? No! You must believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior to go to heaven. If you are here and you have never known this, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is a judgment day. Come to Christ and take Jesus as your Savior so that you may have a place at home, to stay, to live, and enjoy forever. May God bless you. Pa, 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 pa.